reclaimed audio upcycling making with uh, you know reclaimed material. Hey guys, welcome back to the Reclaimed Audio Podcast. With me is... Hi guys, I'm Bill Lutz. And it's me, Tim Sway. And I'm Phil Pinsky. This week we're going to be talking about a bunch of stuff, super interesting. The first thing we're going to talk about is what we're currently working on. Bill, why don't you tell us what you what you have on your uh, your workbench? Well, I'm I'm trying to finish up a, a bandsaw box that's not a box, and I'm not sure what to call it. Jewelry box came up, and then what's funny is somebody uh, asked me on Facebook. They're like, "Is I I'm shooting these teaser pictures and putting them out there, and, and it really has nothing, doesn't look anything like what the final product's going to be." You guys all, hey, what are you making? And it's a joke. I went a pencil holder, but I think I'm actually going to use it for a pencil holder. <laughs> so I, I I just it's gonna work out that way. So I got that, and then I started uh, just started working on a wardrobe that I got to make for somebody. So two big projects. Woo! So one's for you? fun and one's a commission project. Correct. Correct. Okay. Very cool. What about you, Tim? I gave up on my pigheadedness of these, and it's actually not even an upcycle project. But I I mentioned last week I was making these business card holders, and um and I was gonna do them all with what I had because um. Damn it, I'm stubborn or whatever, but I gave up on that and I went over my buddy David's shop and and used he has a shear actually, so that helped speed that up quite a bit. I uh, just finished up a very large like uh, 60 by 48 inch coffee table that I have to crate up. I'm working on some crates for a guy I met when I did a home show recently. He sells olive oil, like all these like gourmet olive oils, and so I'm helping him build a display of these like crates that he can display his olive oil in but then they pick up and get carried easily and it'll all look nice and, and reclaimed and whatnot. And then I'm also thinking about because Black Friday is looming and uh, this would be my third annual anti-Black Friday video I, I want to make. <laughs> and so, uh, I, you know, because obviously being the, the environmentalist upcyclist guy, I'm, I'm uh, sort of opposed to the unnecessary purchase of a bunch of garbage that nobody really wants or needs or cares about. So I try to encourage people to make gifts and uh, to do it in an eco-friendly fashion and whatnot. One year I made my son uh, blocks, like these like little interlocking blocks that almost work like Legos but nowhere near as cool. And uh, I have a 2 by 4 Last year I made a pair of stilts for my, uh, for my nephew. And, uh, and then this year I have a couple ideas I'm kicking around what I think I can do and, and kind of teach other people how to do and hopefully inspire them. I say I got a sneak peek at your uh, coffee table, by the way. It looks amazing. Oh, thanks. Yeah, you know, I, sh I showed it to Andy Berkey, too, and he was like, first color he saw was purple. So, so wow. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> but because uh, I, I sent Bill a picture trying to see if it looked too purple, and he didn't. He was like, no, I don't see any purple. And then I sent it to another guy, Andy, and, and Andy's just like, yeah, it's very purple. <laughs> <laughs> so you know who pol who's polite. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see any purple. I'm sorry. I just didn't see any. <laughs> Did you guys see that thing that went around several months ago on Facebook? It was like, yes. do you see white or do you see blue? The dress. The yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I think I think that's the way it works. I think that's what my coffee table is. It's like the, yeah, exactly. the maker dress. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Phil? What's going on with you? Still working on the uh, reclaimed Rubo bench. Uh, this this week, or well, I just finished up the bench top itself. I finally all glued up. And it'll still need to be flattened, but I'll do that once the whole bench is completed. I'm editing probably late tonight uh, the video, so I'll be able to launch part two either tonight or tomorrow morning, whatever it is. Apart from that, I have another whiskey box to make. I have a, uh, a garbage 
can that I'm making. It's one of the my Etsy items, so it's like this. It's made from reclaimed, and it's all white, and there's like a letter on it that's whatever the kid's name. So I do them in different colors, and so someone just ordered that today. And uh, I feel like I have one other thing. I have a few business card holders to make for people at work. So so a bunch of stuff. I want to see that that garbage can. You have to show me that. It sounds cool. Yeah, it does I, sound really cool. I, I made one for my daughter in it, but I made it out of MDF, so it's insanely heavy. Yeah. But uh, the next one will be made out of some half-inch plywood that I was able to to scavenge. But cool. I'll show it to you. Cool. Now, I, I got a question for you, Phil. How important is a flat work surface? Because I've never had one. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, is uh, these workbenches are used to dimension lumber themselves with hand tools. So you really want it as a reference surface. So if you're putting down, um, let's say, a piece of, of wood that is not perfectly flat and you put it on a not flat surface, you're not going to have an accurate representation of where you're starting and where you're going to end. So if you're putting it down and it needs... I'm pointing my fingers, nobody can see this, but except for these guys, but if you're pushing opposite ends to try to rock it to see where you need to remove material to flatten it and your bench isn't flat, then then you're it's, it's basically lying to you. So yes, it's very important. I like it. <laughs> yeah, so what I'm going to end up doing is using a uh, one of those router jigs, and Mark Spagnolo put out a really, really good video about how to how to do it, how to use it. So I'm basically just going to replicate that, and I'll show it very briefly in a video because he did such a great job of showing it in his video. And I'll yeah, just I, I believe it. I watched that. That was he put that out quite a while ago. Long yeah, ago. 2012. I actually watched the video yeah. earlier today just to sort of figure out how I was going to do it because he's got like a an inch and three quarter bit and I don't have that. I'm going to do many more passes probably with a half or three-quarter inch bit. That's And, and a handheld router? That sounds kind of horrifying. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's this massive, massive three-and-a-quarter horse Festool router that he's got and it's, uh, it's a monster. You could see him. It looks like he's pulling, I don't know, a, a massive machine. I, I have a one-horse Makita. So. Yeah, yeah, I, got a, I got a boat motor you can borrow. <laughs> <laughs> that might help. <laughs> that might help. Yeah, that big festival actually takes with the half-inch shanks too, right? Doesn't it? Yeah. Well, that one does, anyways. I mean, other brands make half-inch shanks, but well, uh, usually for a router table, though. When you see a half-inch shank, it's usually for an actual router table or shaper. Sure. And, uh, but there's some yeah. big, big routers that you know, handheld, like you were saying, that will take those bigger shanks. Yeah, the plunge routers, the fixed base, are generally going to be a quarter inch. Tim, why don't we uh, why don't we launch into this week's uh, topic? I'll let you go ahead and introduce it since it was uh, yours and it was a great one. Okay, this week's topic is unicorns. <laughs> okay, My real favorite. or not? I, oh, just a quick change. I just wrote it. No, <laughs> um, I was thinking that because this is a, a question that I get asked a lot and something I think about a lot is um, definitions. Uh, in in my world, there is uh, you know reclaimed upcycled and recycled. These are like the three words that, you know, repurposed and reused and all that stuff, but they, they're not the heavy ones. There's, there's, you know, but there's all these different words and these different things that people say, and I, I want to kind of talk about defining these words a little bit and what they what they mean to us, because I have my pretty specific definitions for them, but I'm not sure if everybody would agree. So, well, Phil, what, what do you, how would you define the three? I'll start with the easiest and get to the hardest. So, for me, recycle is an everyday effort to separate out my waste and my family's waste and, and put anything that we can possibly recycle into the recycling bin. For me, it's the manufacturing process by which we break down those items into their components and then, on a macro level, reuse them for different things. So if it's glass, 
plastic, um, metal, whatever it is, those industries are buying recycled materials to make new products for us to consume. That's my definition anyway. What was the next one? Reclaimed. So reclaiming for me is reclaiming things that would otherwise go uh, into the landfill, into the dumped. So did I say dumped? Dump. They would go into the dump. We understand. Uh, <laughs> so if I see things on my drive home from work that are destined for, uh, for the garbage truck, I'm going to reclaim them on behalf of... Uh, on behalf of people, so that we don't have that taking up space in a landfill, and instead I make something useful or uh, an object of beauty, a function, something that uh, someone's going to really enjoy using. And then upcycle. Upcycle is a little bit more ambiguous for me and a little harder to define, but I suppose it's very close to the def definition that you gave uh, last time, Tim. It was taking something and and upping its value by cycling it in through the manufacturing process, whether large or small, small being myself. So if I can take something, I don't know, like a bicycle gear and turn it into some kind of a mechanized machine that helps me do something else, or if I take something that's destined for the garbage and turn it into something much more valuable. I mean, there's overlap, obviously, I think. But, uh, but for me, that's what it is, is increasing value. Okay, I think we're done then. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> no. What the hell do I know? That's just my personal opinion. No, it was great. I'd love to hear what you think. Uh, I, I want to hear what uh, what Bill thinks. I, you know, I, like Phil said, to me, recycling is just what we all do. We have I have a green, a brown, and a blue trash can. I used to, when I was uncaring about Tim Sway or the planet, I would recycle uh, the brown can when it got full. Stuff started to go in the blue can, but now I know you're supposed to actually do differences. So, uh, just kidding. Uh, uh, no, but yeah, recycling. I mean, it's just you know an, an everyday chore to where you're, you're 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 separating out your trash and trying to if if you're not going to use it for something else, separate it out. It's good for the environment. I also trying to use less and less of that stuff is another thing I do, trying to not recycle. Um, uh, the other one is uh, what reclaimed reminds reclaimed is like to me. Um, you know, when you go and you get barn wood, and instead of buying lumber at Home Depot, you can get reclaimed wood, which is basically using it for the same purpose as stock, um, cleaning it up and, and using it. My favorite, and I don't know if I have a good enough definition for it because it's it's something I'm passionate about, is upcycling. And to me, upcycling is just using, like you've always said, something that has no real value on its own because it's broken or it's going to be thrown away and making something completely different out of it, you know, and, and just uh, my bicycle lamp thing that I made for Casey is a good example. It's a, a tree stump that was going to be uh, put the wood chipper from the city, and a bicycle that was bent and crushed and had broken stuff, and, and between those two, a lamp was born, and a table, a table lamp. So that's my definition of the three. Probably didn't sound as educated as you guys are going to sound. Ask my wife. <laughs> no, but you were very concise. That's I, I think you hit the nail on the head. But uh, I'd love to hear from the expert in the field. Yes, well, please do. I'm, I'm I'm hardly the expert, and I and I think that uh, you know we're all just sort of trying to figure this stuff out. I I think that both of you guys nailed it uh, as far as the way I would look at it. You know, um, but I guess what my you know I wanted to kind of get through the basics of the definitions to discuss that. Um, and then I wanted to kind of go a little further into it. Um, so yeah, I would say the same thing. Recycling is when you take something that you know, and you 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 know gets put back into the machinery and gets reformed back into the you know the raw material that it was once you know 
to get used again, obviously. Um, you know, reclaiming, again, like the same thing. It's like, well, when you tear something down to make something new out of it, and then upcycling is when you take something and upping its value and, you know, repurposing it into some new and, and different way. Um, so those are the basic definitions. Uh, sometimes, obviously, there's things cross the lines. But uh, what, what interests me, and the reason I, I call myself an upcyclist, is to, to me, upcycling is the most eco-friendly way to go. Um, when you when you recycle something, you're you know it's, it's there's the, the the brown and the blue containers. They all have to go in the big truck. The diesel you know truck's gonna take it down to the dump. It's gonna go to this other truck. It's gonna go to this machine where it gets sorted, where it gets crushed and melted and heated up and cooled and all this stuff. Um, it, whereas you know upcycling is well, we're just we're keeping that that whole system at bay. We're not doing that. We're just going to continue to use this. As a as an environmentalist that likes to make things, it's tricky for me because I have a lot of times, you know, people like they want a new coffee table and they say, well, I want your new coffee table and then I, I make them a coffee table and they get it and they go, great, now I can throw this thing away. It's like, no, <laughs> <laughs> you're missing the point. You know, like don't throw it away. Like, so the, the greenest thing to do is to just keep using your coffee table, right? The, the green thing to do is, you know, if you have an old house, instead of tearing it down to build a McMansion to, you know, insulate your house and, and modernize it and all that stuff, but not to just knock it down, you know, is to continue to use the stuff. So I think that's what I'm trying to explore and what I wanted to sort of explore with you guys is like what are things that, I mean, as upcyclists and as guys that reclaim stuff, um, what, what can we do, in, in a, a, to, to convince people, you know, to, to help people see these things, but also in our own work, like what, what are different things that we can do to try and make it as, as, as eco-friendly as possible as well as profitable, you know, for everyone. Phil. Well, I have I have two points to make, and one is that I forgot to mention it, but part of that first process, which is recycling, is to then buy recycled products. Mm. You know, so you have to sort of complete that cycle, so that if you're gonna give in your I don't know paper towel tubes to be recycled, to then buy you know recycled paper towels, so that you finish the loop. Otherwise, you're just providing raw material for someone else to consume, and you're and then you're consuming virgin material again. So if you know, you got to go the whole way is with regard to that. Yeah, and the other thing I I, I want to say is that how do we convince people on a macro level? I think it requires incremental, incremental change. I think it's going to be very very difficult to get people to go from one end of the spectrum right away to the to the other end of it. So I think things are gradual with people. We don't really like change on the on the whole. So the smallest, easiest changes are the ones that get adopted the fastest. So things like the blue bins, the you know the compost bins, and then the regular garbage. So very soon we're going to be moving away from having garbage at all, and that all of your, let's say you waste, fits into one of those categories. There's no reason why there's anything left over after compost and recycling. Like what else needs to go in the garbage? Everything can break down into a fundamental material. So I think that's the next sort of evolution of this recycling process. You know, is I was I was speaking to uh, of course I'm I know everybody down at the dump. <laughs> you know, my town. And they all know me. He's like, oh it's like out of the yellow truck, you know. Uh, like Norm from Cheers. Right. <laughs> hey, it's him, you know. And uh, but um you know, so um you know I'm down there talking with them and you know the, the there's a new company that just took over and so I'm you know meeting them and I'm actually have been talking with them about doing some type of pro- cross promotional build uh, with them. Uh, yeah, I, I hope so, but you know, I want to do it. I have another cross-promotional um, build that I've been, I have a meeting this week to discuss that these things are like just completely over my head. 
but that's kind of how I work. I'm like, yeah, I have no idea how to do it. Let's find out, you know. <laughs> and, and I think uh, we all got here. Yeah, you 100%. know, but, exactly, because <laughs> we're, we're people that do stuff. And but so, uh, you know, I want to start experimenting with working with HDPE and um and and like some plastics. And you know, there's all sorts of great uh, stuff. I mean, like Peter Brown has done some really cool stuff on on YouTube, and some other guys have have done some uh, some neat stuff with melting it down and reforming it. Um, but I want to do it on a large scale. And then the only other people that are doing it on large scales are like making fences and decks out of it, and uh, and they have these like ridiculously huge factories that do it. So I, I'm I'm going to start experimenting, or I, my plan is to start experimenting with ways to to work with this material because again. It's one of these materials that's, yeah, we can recycle it pretty easily. It's great to recycle it, but wouldn't it be better if we could upcycle it? You know, wouldn't it be better if we could reclaim it and not have to go through that process again? Mm-hmm. Um, well, you, you could start smaller. I mean, they make cutting boards out of this stuff. Yeah, but that's, uh, I don't think that way. <laughs> okay. I, I wanna, go big or go home, eh? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to make cutting boards. <laughs> I don't even want to make them out of wood. <laughs> Uh, I want to make some big ridiculous statement that you know that uh, that, that people will be shocked and awed by. <laughs> okay, I want to I want to see that. That's yeah. gonna be really well, cool. Yeah. A statement to plastic. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping. I mean, like I said, it's it's all just the logistics of it of of just you know working with this stuff and you know I I'm ready to put a giant like baker's oven in my my shop. You know, <laughs> I don't know. No. I was going to no, ask, are you going to melt it or are you trying to figure out a way to process it to make different material out of it? Or to try and use it as it is? Uh, well, I, that's, you know, I mean, uh, the, the, the shopping bag, like the, the worst thing that ever happened to the planet, the, you know, the plastic shopping bag. I mean, I, just about the worst thing that ever happened to the planet. Um, you know, those are, you know, there's a temperature you can heat these up to and they, and they melt together, and those are nice and thin, so it's actually pretty easy with, like, a, an iron. You can iron these things together, um, which is all well and good, but you end up with sheets the size of a shopping bag. If you want, I want to start, I, basically, I want to be able to create, you know, like a plywood board out of this stuff almost, or like a 4 by 8 or 2 by 4 like all these different, like, large, larger sizes of stock, uh, and I'm just not seeing ways to do anything bigger than a cookie sheet tray right now. You know, right. on a, in a home level or like a small shop level, like I have. Yeah, I, sheets I, that big are going to require some serious machinery, like huge, huge presses. Yeah. Um, you might be better off looking at bricks. Yeah, like, bricks. Yep. Um, I saw I saw one video where a guy turned a bowl with an, in, uh, but what he did is he took a glass, like a Pyrex bowl, and he put it in his in his oven and just put it in there. Yeah. Left it in there for an hour or whatever, and then then it, it all just melted down and you know cooled off into that shape, which is a great blank. Um, so you know, thinking about things like that, and then I've seen other people that have made presses, um, like small presses, you know, uh, injection molding type things, which is how Legos are made, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then you know, the other thing is uh, the 3D printer uh, realm. I think that they're making stock for those now out of recycled HDPE, correct? I don't know. As far as I know, it was PVC and ABS, but maybe. Oh, that would oh, be maybe. amazing. Maybe not. I thought I heard something about that. Uh, we'll, we'll have to look that up. Hmm. Or I'll have to look that up, I guess, because it's <laughs> this is the one thing about. <laughs> hey Tim, are you concerned at all about the the process itself of of like I say, either melting it or putting it in an oven? Are there fumes to worry about? Are there? I mean, well, f- from every that was that was a, one of my first concerns, and from everything I understand of what I've read about uh, HDPE, and then there's the other one. P, uh, what, some PET? Low L L P D E, I think. Low density L D P E. 
low density and high density, I think, but the polyethylene, is that what it is? Yeah, polyethylene um, mm-hmm. is, as long as you don't, there's a temperature that you can heat it to where it melts and is non-toxic and there's not, like, uh, dangerous fumes that come out. Um, you don't go over that temperature. That's my understanding. I mean, I guess I guess pretty much anything you can, you, can, you know, evaporate and, uh, <laughs> you know. But that was, you know, that was obviously a, a, a concern. And uh, it looks like, yeah, it looks like you can, like all that stuff, like like when Peter Brown was making those, the mallets and stuff out of it, like all that stuff. And he said in his videos too, it's perfectly safe as long as you don't, you know, you just, just melt it, you don't boil it. I've also seen people, um, yeah, boiling them. Like just boiling them in water, and then yeah. once they're really malleable, you pour them out, and then you compress them, and there's a drainage method. Then you're left with a uh, an ingot or whatever it is. Yeah, I saw that that trick too. Uh, and again, like that's something that maybe could translate to a larger scale, but you're still, you know, how what are you going to boil your swimming pool? <laughs> no, I, again, I'm always thinking smaller, yeah. making making small components that can be used to make something larger. I, I don't yeah. see it realistic making sheets of eight by four. Oh no, no. I mean, I was being a little bit silly with that, but uh, but there's there's these one particular project that I'm I've been talking with these people about. Um, you know, we want to make something fairly large, and and I'm also wondering. I was thinking about experimenting with uh, just using the torch and seeing if I could just actually like take the raw materials and just melt them together in molds and stuff. Mm. Um, but that that may, that may be possible. I mean, plastic welding is based on that. Exactly. Yeah, friction welding. Yeah, right. yeah, and that's what, basically what all about they do. laminating. Yeah, that's kind of the idea. As the thing, if I, you know, my first thought was I get like a chipper, like a wood chipper, you know, run the stuff through to get it down small, which is going to melt easy. And then if you if you put that all, you know, lay that all out on a a tray or something, and then apply heat to it, you're going to have something to work with. And then doing that in several layers, um, yeah, you know, the torch. But I feel like uh, for the one particular thing, I know I'm like being all mysterious, but I, I don't really want to talk about it because I don't know if it's ever going to happen. But, um, <laughs> I don't know if it's even possible, but I, you know, I, I'm going to be kind of, you know, shaping and and creating shapes and whatnot. And so I was thinking about maybe the torch, you know. Well, by laminating, I was thinking um, strips, longer strips that you could glue together, cross hatch, you know, like just in all kinds of weird directions. And if you just keep building it out, oh, like a weave. Like, yeah, yeah, kind of like a weave, but but with like a glued lamination process, kind of like they do chipboards and and even plywood actually. Well, you know, but I wonder if cost-effective with the amount of glue that that might take. Yeah, and then it's like you know, and that's another thing for me too is like a lot of times people will make stuff and then cover it with a reclaimed material, and that, I don't really like to do that. I want to actually use the reclaimed material as the structure and whatnot. So like, I mean, I could do something like that with like a like a you know two-part epoxy, um, you know, like a like a you know bar top resin, uh, but then really it's just bar top resin with plastic into it. And I'm just using bar top resin, you know. Right. So that's that's the other concern with that, and then the other thing is is it's very difficult to glue HDPE together. That's why they make glue bottles out of HDPE because it doesn't have <laughs> glue. So there's there's a couple specific glues out there that work with it, but they're expensive too. So you want to minimize your use of that. Yeah, yeah, right. that should be that's really awesome. interesting. I'd be curious to see how you get around some of the engineering of that. Yeah, if I ever do, you know, um, that, that completely takes us off topic. I think. But, <laughs> I don't know. I would say I don't know. anybody out there listening to this right now, if uh, if they've got any ideas or something like that, send them our way. Yeah, or absolutely. Send them Tim's way. You know? Yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it um, because it's it is something that I've been thinking about, and you know, and as like I said, as an upcyclist, and 
you know, where they start with this is I said the, the dump there, and the you know the the woman that that's running it, you know, was saying like, well, yeah, she's like ninety percent of the stuff that people are throwing away here could be recycled, like literally ninety percent, even even by this the recycling system that's set up there right now, not by some futuristic recycling thing. And I think that ten percent is probably what we could be composting, you know. Um, but now in my town, uh, we have a trash to energy plant. So my electric bill is like one third of everybody else in the state because we actually burn the trash to get uh, electricity, which I think is pretty cool. It makes me feel pretty good about the fact that uh, you know that stuff does get thrown away here. Um, so there's that aspect of it too. I kind of wonder sometimes how if they don't push it as much because they need the fuel for the electric company. <laughs> I don't know. What kind of emissions do you think it's pumping out? Like what all kinds of things that are being burned have to be. Well, it's kind of dangerous at one point. I, you know, they. I don't know the details of that. I know that the system has been around for a while, and um, the uh, there's many places that do this. I, I think the people that are much, much, much smarter than I have figured that stuff out. Uh, I believe that they're they're bringing this stuff to a temperature that's just so ridiculously hot that everything is just incinerated, and, and they're churning the stuff around the, the you know the turbines or whatever. I don't know. Makes but, uh, sense. Yeah, no, I, I guess it's, it's super high heat. Yeah, I mean, I drive right, I drive right past the place. Too. It doesn't stink, so. <laughs> well, I love this. I, I don't think it's off topic at all to talk about something very specific within the realm of upcycling, especially if we're going to define it. That was that was really cool, and I'm super excited to see what you do with it. Cool, yeah. I mean, it's just like that That thing is like, well, what can we do to, to avoid recycling? Recycling's awesome, yeah, but isn't it better to not have to, you know? And, and so that's... I mean, but I guess by melting down HDPE in my in my shop, I'm just doing the same thing they're doing at the, the larger places that are equipped to do it anyways, right? Yeah, but like you said, you're going to be making like a monument, a statement. So it's it's, it's really more about uh, an art piece that raises awareness, which is much more valuable than sort of just participating in the system. Yeah, yeah, that's and that's again like what I always say I do is I I understand that I'm not saving the world by making silly things out of other silly things, but I'm trying to make statements about it. Yeah, so that, that ties in. Thanks for sending the teacher. <laughs> I've got a good example of, of uh, not recycling something. We had a um, china cabinet in, the, in our kitchen that I just, and there was nothing wrong with it at all, but I'm trying to replace what we have in the house with things that I've made with my hands. And so this china cabinet, I took the doors off of it and just actually hung those on the wall because it's like an old Coke bottle glass doors mm -hmm. that look good with the shtick that I'm going for in the living room, but I was able to actually just take this thing apart, and that, now I've got all this stock that is actually going to turn into something else. I don't know what yet, but mm -hmm. instead of either selling it at a garage sale or just getting rid of it, I mean, I'm literally, I, I re, how would you say, I, I, um, I, I repurposed item, I guess, or upcycled item. You know, it's perfectly good, so it's not like something I found that was trash, but I would rather do something with my hands to turn that into something else. Mm. Thought I'd throw that out there. So, you oh, know, sometimes... Here in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I've, I've, I, I think I've done enough talking for the week in the past 20 minutes, but, um, yeah, no, there's something to be said, too. There's just people, if there's a style, like, that's why people want the new coffee table, and they throw away the old ones to get the new one because it doesn't match their style. It's like, well, you know, maybe... Like what you're talking about, you know, just, just change the style of it, use it still, you know, or, or make it something else where that style is now contemporary and fresh. I think it's more than style, though. I think it, it gets to be it gets to be a point in your life where you sort of 
uh, get to the next level of, of success, whatever that is for you, and you start moving up through the qualities of consumables. Hmm. So, you know, you, you were in college and you had your IKEA table and then, you know, you sort of moved out with your girlfriend you, who became your wife and you redecorated your bachelor pad into something that was a little bit more... I don't know, adult, and then took you shopping, <laughs> with, you know, and she dragged your ass over to some furniture store and you bought something, and then finally you get to the next level. You know what? I'm going to I'm gonna buy something original, unique, um, from this guy Tim Sway, and I'm going to spend a little bit more money on it, but it's going to be, you know, it's going to be special, and it's going to be mine, and it's going to be a conversation piece. So I think there's always this graduation of, of product that we go through in life, and it's not necessarily a... You know, a style thing because you can have the same style your whole life. Well, I hope that's true because in the long run, that will help all of us. I mean, when we're getting to a point where we're trying to create something and do something to save the environment as well as make a few dollars, um, I'd, I'd like to see that. You know, and, and I'm already starting to see that. I'm having you know, this wardrobe is exactly that. That somebody's come to me and it's like, I really like the way you do things. I like the fact that you're using these reclaimed and uh, you know materials and, and just upcycling itself so that's what I would like to have but now that Tim said that whole thing about well I'm going to make sure what I'll, I'll take care of something if they're going to get rid of it though it's like no no I'll, I'll take it I got it I got your back well, you need some kind of a trade in program you know yeah, like give me give me your old coffee table I'll make you a new yeah. one yeah you can make a deposit on soda bottles yeah. <laughs> so I'll give him a $5 discount on my piece yeah but you know what, Bill, that, that brings up a great point. I think that ties a little bit into what I was saying earlier about closing the loop so that, you know, like we, we are we're making reclaimed things and now people, people, everybody, consumers, have to start thinking about buying reclaimed so that that whole loop is closed and that, you know, we're, we're self-sustaining almost. Like we're, we're, we're buying the things that used to be something else so that we don't have to go out there and harvest virgin material. So I think it, it's another part of this process where people become more aware of the limit, the limited supply of resources that we have, you know, at a, at a macro level. You know, I have, a, I have a lot of complaints about the Bay Area as far as cost and traffic and all that, but one thing I will say is there are a lot of people out here that are very big into local shopping and hmm. buying small business and supporting and reclaimed and upcycled and it's that movement out here is a pleasure to see and be around and my wife's salon is a good uh, example of that because they support all these smaller businesses inside of their business and display their wares that are usually made from reclaimed and recycled and upcycled and all that good stuff so yeah you're right closing that loop and just you know giving back is pretty important and I, I'm lucky to live out here for that reason alone if I can afford to keep living here that'll be awesome <laughs> well then okay. if that's the case then why don't you tell us what the name of your wife's salon is so if anyone's in the Bay Area they could check it out oh yeah that's right uh, Manifesta Oakland so very cool yeah awesome I'm due <laughs> oh no no no! If you come down to get your hair cut, I'm cutting your hair. <laughs> well, I've I've cut my own hair for like the past 15 years, so whatever you do will be an improvement. <laughs> guess, guess what happens when you marry a, a hairstylist? You learn how to cut hair. No, you learn that you're not allowed to use your beard trimmer to cut your own hair anymore. Apparently, oh, that's yeah. a bad thing. Yeah. No, you guys got to get a Floby. You ever see one of those? <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. Oh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna let her even listen to this podcast now. That's fighting words right there, it pal. It pays for itself after two haircuts. <laughs> uh, nope. Love you, babe. And, and you're you're repurposing and upcycling your hair dryer or your uh, vacuum cleaner at the same time. So 
That's there right. And then you can harvest that hair to make God knows what. So oh, God. closing the loop. Know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, use it to heat your shop. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> okay. Um, Let, let's uh, let's tidy up a little bit here. Why don't we talk a little bit about some of the YouTube channels that we're watching personally, and and maybe it doesn't even have to be within this realm. But you know, what's what do you find interesting this week? Well, well, Phil, I wanted to hear a little bit about your channel because that's the one I'm watching. I thought maybe you could talk about yours for a minute. Yeah, okay. absolutely. All right, cool. Um, so the name of my channel is called Jake and Emmy's Dad. Uh, workshop. Those are my kids, Jake and Emmy, and it really started. Uh, I want to say about uh, six, not even maybe six months ago. And what happened was I was making these step stools on Etsy, and that one started because we were transitioning my son out of his crib into his big boy bed, and he couldn't make it all the way up. So I had a bunch of uh, plywood scraps that I had uh, taken from work, and I made him a step stool, and it's personalized. I put his name on it, and if anyone's interested, I'll post a picture. But um, anyway, so I figured I could make these for other people, and I started making them for friends and family. I put on Etsy, started taking off. I was selling a bunch of them. And then I thought, you know what? Uh, let me try this YouTube thing. And then my first video was me making one of those step stools, and I just got committed to doing them weekly, and it sort of really taken off. And, uh, and I, I really, really, really enjoyed doing it. I'm basically working with almost all reclaimed material, uh, and it's been it's been a lot of fun for me. So that's what it is. Jake and Emmy's dad, and uh, like I said earlier, what I'm working on right now is the reclaimed Rubo bench. I'm into part two, which will be launched. I don't know. Let's say this week, and then uh, and then that that's what I got. But personally, what I've been watching is this channel called uh, Woodworking Junkie. It's this guy named Alan. And he's similar. He's also working with a lot of reclaimed stuff. Uh, he's also a young dad. Uh, he's also Canadian. And uh, he's just a super nice guy. And what he made this week was a uh, an edge jointing jig with a couple of toggle clamps. So I need to build one of those. And I thought it was really cool. And I'll uh, as soon as we launch a website that has show notes, I will put it in there. What about you, Bill? What are you watching this week? Um, you know, one of my favorite young makers is... Um Christiana Figuerella, I Get Hands Dirty is the name of her YouTube channel. And um, she's just a lot of talent and skill and earned talent. Um, she's an artist. She's a uh, makes music, does all this stuff. It's kind of like somebody else we know, but um, <laughs> I, I believe she's from Brazil, maybe. I don't know. I'm terrible at that. But just Get Hands Dirty got to watch her videos. Her latest one, she got an X-Carve. She built a uh, the stand to put the X-Carve on, and then she just released a video. I haven't even seen it yet, I believe, yesterday that she's actually done something with the X-Carve. So just super interesting and just so much skill and knowledge that she shares, and, the, and her videos are put together so well. I mean, just love, 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 love. That. Are they narrated? Yeah. Very, uh, very instructional. I mean, it's, it's it, she's just awesome. I mean, I I couldn't explain to you how to you know take off your headset right now. That's why I don't talk a whole lot for my videos. But uh, very well narrated, like a how-to type style. But also just the editing is amazing. I mean, it's just amazing. I'll a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Cool. So that's me. Anyway. Tim, what are you watching for real? Uh, for real. Um, well, I mean, there's a couple. I, I wanted to, to mention the Maritime Woodworkers uh, show because we were actually on there on Saturday, and they have a they have a great channel. Uh, those guys, you have to go to the Maritime Woodworkers to find all their channels. It's a it's a group of Canadians, 
<laughs> whoa, 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 Canadians? Yeah. Oh, Canada. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Uh, yeah, they're taking over. And then, and then there's another Canadian I wanted to mention, um, Le Pigbois. Uh, his name is uh, Patrick Lapierre. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, you are. France. And um, he's a, a wood turner in Quebec. He's in your, your neck of the woods there, right? That's where you're in? He's pretty close to me. I'm in Montreal, yeah. and he's not too far out. Um, yeah, so um, he is a wood turner that makes these uh, just awesome videos. I mean, the, the wood turning is awesome, too, and, like, the lathe is just really cool to watch, but he has this great sense of humor in, uh, in his videos, and um, and it's just really fun to watch him. He's, like, this, like, kind of... Look, there's like this big kind of like metalhead, but but he's like a teddy bear at the same time, you know. Really nice guy. Yeah, for sure. If any of you speak French, his other videos are actually really funny. It's like these these dialogues that he does in, in French. Anyways, just check him out. <laughs> I just started watching his videos. He's a uh, very 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 good. I like yeah. I like a lot. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I think this is a, a good place to wrap up. So what I'm gonna ask is a bit of a pain from everybody, but it would really, really help if uh, anyone who likes the show and wants to keep seeing it and, and watch it grow is to get on iTunes. We're listed on there now. And please leave a review. Give us uh, five stars and, and really get us up there for other people to listen to. Uh, we appreciate our audience. And I have to say, iTunes doesn't give analytics, but SoundCloud does, and that's who's hosting our, uh, our podcast. And so far, as of this uh, as of this podcast, I think we're at about 250 people who listened to our premiere episode, which was five days ago, which I think is amazing. I, I couldn't possibly have asked for any better success uh, so early on. So I want to thank everyone who's listened, and uh, and a big shout out to the uh, the Facebook group that we're all a part of, and really really appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. Here here. Yeah, I'd like to say that our our show is not a, you know all that interesting to watch. But listening to it is amazing. So I definitely would like to second that. Get on iTunes, leave us a review. Let's let's keep this thing going, and that's the best way for our 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 group friends that we love so much to help us. Wink, wink. <laughs> Bill just winked. I watched yeah, it twice. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks so much. See you next week. Uh, look forward to the podcast, and uh, thanks for listening. Awesome. Bye, everybody. Thank you.